0: hi praise the lord praise the lord so glad to be here with everyone uh tonight um so i believe we are on here hi um i do um want to um start off with prayer and um you know we want to pray for um, uh the the this little evening here and also our, our series, as we look at uh, leadership and the fallibility of leadership, um, frankly, I think this, this applies to everybody. Um, and and so you're probably all wondering, where am I? Stay tuned. Um, so there's there is a there's a point to all this. There's always a point. Um, but I do want to pray for uh, our Bible study tonight as we uh, continue the series on leadership, um, and then also to pray for. Um, uh, our brothers and sisters, continue to pray for um, my brother uh, Scott and um, uh, all our loved ones. We pray in Jesus' name, Lord. We love you. We worship you, God. Uh, you are such a faithful God. Thank you, Jesus, for sustaining us through this pandemic and watching over us, Lord God. And Lord, we're we're at the end of the tunnel, Lord God. There's light, and and Lord, we're excited, Jesus, that they keep moving over, uh, keep moving up the deadline. We're Things going to be back to normal, Jesus. And we're so excited to be back with our brothers and sisters. And we want to pray, Lord, for our loved ones, our family members, our church family, Jesus. And uh, be with us here tonight, Lord, in this Bible study. And I pray, Lord, help us to be in tune with you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to be looking at um, uh, a uh, leadership study. And you're gonna to have to stick with me, all right? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm really building up this argument and you'll kind of see where I'm going, but you're gonna have to stick with me to, to get the whole um, logical point of what I'm trying to do. And I'm going to go ahead and share my screen uh, so you guys can go ahead and um, see what I'm doing here. Share, give me a second here. It's gonna share and there we are. Uh, let's see here. Alrighty, give me a second. Uh, let me move this over here. Okay, uh, let's go to Matthew 15, chapter 15, and we are in verse 10. Um, and so, of course, we're right here, verse 10. And again, I'm reading the net version. I, I kind of like this net version. Um, so uh, just, just, just stick with me. So we're going to do a lot of scripture reading, but it's, it's all critical to where we're trying to go. Um, So again, chapter 15, verse 10, uh, here is Jesus. then he called the crowd to him and he said, listen and understand, what defies a person is not what goes into the mouth. It is what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. Then the disciples came to him and said, do you know that when the Pharisees heard this saying, they were offended? Oh my goodness. Why are the Pharisees offended by this statement? And he replied, every plant that my heavenly father did not plant will be uprooted. What is going on here? Why are the Pharisees so offended? So here's this interesting thing. You're going to find this in Leviticus and uh, under the law of Moses, where there is this very, very strict dietary law about what is clean and what is unclean and ceremonially what animals are clean and what animals are unclean and ceremonial what things you have to do your pots and pans have to be ceremonially clean and if an if a gentile touches them they become unclean and and so here this this statement that jesus says is very offensive because it contradicts the law of moses and um and, and jesus rightly so says what comes out of your mouth that's the big problem and of course, that's that's so true, right? What comes out of your mouth reveals what, where your heart is. You know, sometimes you see people, they're so bitter and they just spew out bitterness. Well, that's what's in their heart. And so, yes, what you're talking about, what is on your Facebook feed, that is what's in your heart. Um, that's a side message. Uh, you get that one for free. Um, so here we are. Leave them, verse 14. I mean, we Verse 14, leave them. They are blind guides. If someone who is blind leaves another who is blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter, oh, thank God for Peter. Isn't he a great leader? I look up to Peter. And Peter said to him, explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, even after all this, you are still so foolish. Ooh, boy, he's getting, he's getting downright mean. And that's not the Jesus I I see on proper culture. He's always really nice and, you know, he he just defers. He doesn't flip tables and money changers. Verse 17, don't you understand that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and then passes out into the sewer? Now, he's giving him an anatomy (laughs) class. He's talking about what happens when you digest food. But the things that come out of the mouth from the heart and these things, defile a person. For out of the heart come evil ideas, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are the things that defile a person. It is not eating with unwashed hands that defiles a person. Did you get that, Peter? So here's Peter getting a personal Bible study by God himself about how what goes inside your mouth is not what matters. What is coming out of you? Sort of like how people are treating you. That's just that kind of Jesus. He, he, he's like, I really don't care how people treat you and how mean they are to you. I'm more interested in how you react when they are. I'm more interested in what you do. I know your spouse is you know, mean to you, but how do you respond to that? What do you do? And so there's this, this, this kind of this ownership, like I can't control others or I, I can only control myself. There's this like this, it puts it back on you. And that's just like Jesus. He just kind of puts it right back on you and says, you know, it really comes out of your mouth. You know, I, I know you want to talk about this, but we're going to bring it right back back to you. And we're going to talk about you. Um, he's a, of course, he's an amazing, excellent a counselor. But here he is talking about food. And he just says, don't worry about food. Don't worry about clean, unclean, it doesn't matter. What matters is what comes out of your mouth. Because in the end, it all goes to the same place. It goes in the sewer. And, um, and ancient sewer system was not very nice. It was, uh, it was in the streets. So <laughs> the, so when Jesus washes the disciples' feet in John, it takes on a whole new context when you find out where the sewer system was uh, and what he was washing off. All right, so now I want to go ahead and fast forward. Now we're going to go to Acts. I'm going to go to Acts. And I want to look at verse 9. So here it is. Here's Mr. Peter. Peter's already given the amazing, you know, um, message and acts. And he just, he, he calls everybody out and they're all pricked in their heart. And they say, well, what do we do? We didn't mean to crucify Jesus. And and they 3,000 people, you know, get filled with his spirit. And, of course, everything's moving. It's great. And here comes pillar. This Peter who's a pillar. This Peter who is... We name kids after him and, and, and churches after him. Here comes Peter the Rock, which is what his name is. Um, and here's verse 9. Chapter 10, verse 9. So stick with me. Chapter 10, verse 9. About noon the next day, while they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. And, you know, it's hot. You go to the pr- roof to pray. Um Back home, when I used to live in Iran, we uh, in the summer months, we used to sleep on the roof um, because it's cooler up there. Um, again, remember, air conditioning is a luxury, uh, so that's, it's a very common thing to uh, be on your roof. And so here he is, he's on his roof, he's praying. Verse 10, he became hungry and wanted to eat, but while there were preparing a meal, a trance came over him so there he is preparing a meal and he's smelling it and a trance came over him verse 11 and he saw heaven open and descend open and and an object something like a large sheet descending being let down to earth by its four corners so there comes this this blanket kind of like a you know magical rug just kind of coming down and and in it were all kinds of four-footed animals, (gasps) not four-footed, and reptiles of the earth and wild birds. Oh, this is bad. This completely goes against the Leviticus law. This goes against the law of Moses. The reptiles, you don't eat a reptile. That is unclean. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, slaughter and eat. And watch Peter's response. But Peter said, certainly not, Lord, for I have never eaten anything defiled and ritually unclean. Because remember, there's ceremonial dietary laws. He must have forgotten what Jesus said. Because remember, we were earlier in, in Matthew 15. Jesus told him, it's not what goes in your mouth that you should be concerned about, Peter. Peter, who asked the question, and Jesus was talking to him directly. He said, Peter. It doesn't matter what goes in your mouth. What comes out of your mouth, that is what I'm worried about. That is what I'm concerned about. That is what reveals what's inside of you. Now, watch this verse 14. But Peter said, Certainly not, Lord, for I have never eaten anything other than rich and clean. The voice spoke to him again a second time. So, not only did he get her, did Jesus gave him a personal Bible study back in chapter 15 in Matthew. Hear a voice, the voice of God, the spirit of God speaks to him one time and says, eat, it is clean. And then a second time, what God has made clean, you must not consider ritually unclean. A second time. This happened how many times? Three time, and immediately the object was taken into heaven. It's one thing for God to speak to you and you say, all right, Lord, I'm going to do it. I hate this. I can't believe he told me to do this, but I'll do it. It's another thing to hear it twice and say, all right, all right, I ignored the first warning. Now I know I'm going to go ahead and listen to you because I've heard you twice. No, it's another thing to hear it three times, three times the voice of God, three times the Spirit told him, it is clean, it is not unclean. it is, does not defile you. Forget the dietary laws, Peter. What comes out of your mouth is what's unclean, not what you put in your stomach. And now Peter was puzzling over this when what vision had could signify, and then men sent by Cornelius learned where Simon Peter's house was and approached the gate. So I'm going to go ahead and skip down. So here is three men just show up at the house. And the spirit, once again, speaks to Peter, tells him to go downstairs. There's men waiting for him. Again, how many times has God spoken to Peter? Five times. And if you want to think that those two times plus three times more, we're looking at six, seven. I'm losing count how many times God has spoken to Peter. So he, he, goes, he goes to Cornelius' house, and they're waiting anxiously for him, and um, and he calls together his relatives, close friends. So you go, verse 25. So when Peter came in, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet, and he worshipped him. But Peter helped him up, saying, stand up. I, too, am a mere mortal. But Peter... But Peter continued talking with him as he went in, and he found many people gathered together. He said to them, you know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate, associate with, a visit, uh, with or visit a Gentile. Yet God has shown me that I should call no person defiled or ritually unclean. God has shown me that I should call no person defiled or ritually unclean. Therefore, when you sent for me, I came without objection. Now may I ask, why have you sent for me? Cornelius replied. And then, of course, Cornelius gives his account. You know, he went to, he prayed and, um, uh, and he, and of course, an angel came and said, you know, send your men to go and get Peter. And sure enough, he, while speaking, hold on one second. I, I don't want to read the whole thing because I'll have you guys, I'll run out of time. Then Peter started speaking. The verse verse 20, I now truly know that God does not show favoritism in dealing with people, but in every nation, the person who fears him and does what is right is welcome before him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel proclaim the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism john has announced and he's he's speaking this and he's he's talking about god and watch this verse 44 while he was speaking the holy spirit fell upon them and the circumcised believers who accompanied peter verse 45 were astonished that the gift of the holy spirit had been poured out even on the gentiles for they had heard them speaking in tongues let me let me let me this is another side note the gift of the holy spirit had been poured out even, even, even on the Gentiles for how, how did they know the Holy Spirit fell on them? They heard them speaking in tongues. So see, there you go. The Holy Spirit, you're supposed to speak in tongues. It's not about, you know, it's not a thought or a feeling. We see in the scriptures, it, 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 tongues accompanies the Holy Spirit. God, and then of course they, they baptized him and they were so surprised that God This thing. Now, watch this. Chapter 11. You know, the credits come and here go. Now, the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles too had accepted the word of God. So, when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers, the Jews, took issue with him, saying, You, you went to an uncircumcised man and shared a meal with them. Verse 4 But Peter began to explain to them, by point saying, and then Peter literally explains word for word what happened to him. And I want to go ahead and jump down to verse 12. Here's Peter. He's explaining to the Jerusalem church of what happened and his action. The spirit told me to accompany them without hesitation. These six brothers also went with me and we entered the man's house. He informed us of how he saw an angel standing in his house saying, send to Joppa, summon Simon, who is called Peter. And of course, the spirit fell upon them as it did us in the beginning. Verse 16. And I remember the word of the Lord as he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, verse 17. Therefore, God gave him the same spirit as he also gave us after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to hinder God? When they heard this, they ceased their objections and they praised God, saying, so then God has granted repentance that leads to life even to the Gentiles. Oh, and there was this celebration and everybody started clapping their hands and the music comes on and then here comes the credits and you know you're like what a great movie it's like a nice hallmark movie it has this positive ending and everybody you know wins and you know the guy gets the girl this is so wonderful it's so fantastic and but wait there's more <laughs> This story doesn't end. And we actually have to go to uh, Galatians. And we're going to see a side that we want to make sure we dissect as leaders. Um, you're probably wondering what I'm talking about tonight. And uh, it'll become pretty evident to you once I go through Galatians. Um, so here we go Galatians uh, chapter 2. Verse 11, but when Cepheus, who is Cepheus? That's Peter, the rock, came to Antioch. So here is Paul writing a letter to the Galatians, and this was the Antioch church. What is the Antioch church? The Antioch church is this very vibrant church. It's a church that sends missionaries. They actually sent money to the Jerusalem church. Um, Paul did a year here with Barnabas. Um, after he was, you know, uh, uh, Barnabas came and grabbed him. They did a year there teaching and preaching. Uh, and then he left, but anyway, but Cephas came to Antioch. I don't know why Peter went to Antioch, but he did. Now watch this. I opposed him. This is Paul talking to his face because he had clearly done wrong. This is some incredibly strong words here. He stood into his face. Until certain people came from James. James, talk about the Jerusalem church. He had been eating with the Gentiles. But when they had arrived, he stopped doing this. And he separated himself. Because he was afraid of those who were pro-circumcision. Now... We can argue: Was this pure pressure? Was this a fear? Uh, he didn't want to like make his friends angry, um, or was was it something more than that? Was he afraid he was wrong? Maybe he missed something, and he went back to the old ways because he was afraid of those who pro circumcision and the rest of the Jews also, this, I mean, this, this atrocity, this, this injustice, this, this thing that Peter does goes so deep. And remember we all carry an influence. Our actions speak volume. And here is Peter. And he, he sees these pro circumcision Jews and, and they're doing their ceremony and maybe he gets sucked back into that and the rest of the jews also joined with him in this hypocrisy the jews who were already eating together remember they were eating together it didn't matter ceremonial laws or the laws of moses it didn't matter these dietary laws because we heard what jesus said it's not what goes in your mouth that makes you defiled it's what comes out of your mouth your heart reveals what's inside of you and 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 so and then again he he had Four, five, six times God spoke to him. The spirit put it upon him that it was clean. It didn't matter. He could eat a reptile. He could eat a tranchula. It didn't matter. They were all clean. It doesn't matter. They are doing something that is insignificant and is gone. Verse 13, and the rest of the Jews also joined with him in this hypocrisy so that even Barnabas, this is Paul's mentor, was led astray with him by this hypocrisy, by their hypocrisy. And when I saw that they were not behaving consistently with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cepheus in front of every single person there, if you, although you are a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you try to force the Gentiles to live like Jews? He confronted him face to face in front of everyone. What's going on? What am I talking about tonight? Tonight, I wanna talk about something we all have. We all have this. It is called a blind spot as a leader. And Peter had a very big blind spot. He got sucked in back to these dietary laws. He got sucked in back to his tradition. Even though he heard from God, even though he audibly heard from God, even though he heard a personal Bible study from Jesus, he still reverted back, back to the old ways. And he caused division in the church. The Gentiles, the Christian Gentiles were probably like, are we supposed to be doing this? These are our leaders. Is this something we're supposed to be doing? And Paul confronts them. That's like me preaching. And then somebody in the pastoral team comes, stands up in the middle of service and says, you liar. And confronts me in front of everyone. That's the image I want you to see. And Paul confronts Peter. Thank God for Paul. But Paul confronts Peter. And says, Peter, you've got sucked right back in. Peter, you missed it. The Spirit spoke to you clearly. The Spirit gave you specific instructions. It was supposed to be gone. You're supposed to be with the Gentiles. And you get sucked right back in, Peter. I'm being kind of hard on Peter, aren't I? I want us to see the humanity in leadership and the importance of community. Because if Paul didn't confront Peter, it would have limited the growth of the church because Peter would have gone back to the old ways of thinking, not what the spirit wanted. That's why we do leadership in community. That's why you have to do leadership in community. That's why we do church in community because we all my dear brothers and sisters have a blind spot and it could be the end but thank God for a Paul that confronted Peter and said Peter you are out of line in front of everyone and you know what we can't we don't know what Paul said I mean we don't know what Peter said I I, I think Peter just took it now I'm going to read a passage. There are some who believe Second Peter wasn't written by Peter. Um, I don't know. I, I really do think Peter wrote Second Peter. It, it doesn't take away that it's the gospel, and I mean it, it, that it's you know inspired word of God, and and that it's part of the Bible. It, 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 that's not what we're talking about here. And but 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 let's assume that Second Peter is written by Peter. And if we're to look at Second Peter chapter 3 verse 14 Therefore my dear brother my dear friends since you're waiting for these things strive to be found at peace without spot or blemish when you come into his presence and regard the patience of our lord as salvation just also our dear brother Paul wrote to you Our dear brother Paul wrote to you. This is after that confrontation. I I don't know when. Um, I don't know if if this was when Paul was killed and he's writing letters to churches that Paul was involved with and he's, you know, having to keep the faith. Um, I don't know. Um, I do think Peter wrote this and I think it's interesting his language, our dear brother Paul. I don't think he took it personally. That's the thing about being a leader. When you get confronted about something, you don't take it personally. You pull back and you reflect. Is this a blind spot? Did I I miss something? What is your blind spot? I don't have one. Okay, Okay. that tells me that you're not very reflective and you don't know the part of you that doesn't see certain things. We all have blind spots, every single one of us. What is yours? I don't know. Well, good. First step is realizing you don't know what it is and trying to find out your blind spot. Because it's important. We're dealing with important things. We're dealing with people we're dealing with the gospel and these blind spots can cause division just like peter and i wanted to to paint this picture i wanted to confront the anger that that you know this anger that paul has because peter should know better right multiple times he heard from jesus multiple times and that's the thing about the spirit it it takes us to places we feel uncomfortable I don't like where the spirit takes me sometimes. I'm being honest. I have my own culture. I have my own issues and and I don't like where the spirit takes me sometimes. But I have to listen to the spirit of God. And um and as and and looking at Peter, he he knows better. He's that's why he probably didn't I, I, he didn't say Peter's with pile, and we don't know, but I don't think Peter responded. I think Peter just kept his mouth shut. I think Peter pulled away and said, okay, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But here we are, Peter using my dear brother, Paul, our dear brother, Paul. Um, so obviously, Paul was right. And that's the thing about doing... Um, leadership and community, is if you trust one another, if you care for one another, if you have love towards one another, um, yes, you can you can take a rebuke from somebody and not leave the church. Um, again, if, I, if we did something like this, I, I'm sure we'd lose half the church, but, but we have to have thick skin. We, we have to be willing to, and maybe they're wrong, and then we need to confront that and say, well, this is where I'm coming from. And, this, and then we do theology in community. That's what's so important. And, and, and a church as diverse as we are, we're gonna have conflict and, and we're gonna, and part of it's gonna be our blind spots. And so we have to be aware of these blind spots because um, when we are stressed, when we are tired, we naturally go back to our old ways of thinking. And um, and we're not on top of our game. So I'm going to go ahead and stop sharing this screen. Uh, let's see, stop sharing. And I'm going to go ahead and ask Joyce to come back, and um, and see if she can go ahead and um, and see. I know we have some questions. I know this is a Wednesday night Bible study, um, and I'm well. I don't know what. Questions people might have in the in the text feed, but um, again, I, I wanted to paint a picture of, of Peter Peter's prejudice towards the Gentiles and um, something he kept confronting with, um, and he got sucked back into his old ways of thinking. And that's going to happen to us as leaders, and that's why we need we need to have a Paul in our life um, who can speak like that to us. Um, who knows that, at the end of the day, they're right. You know, Paul was right. So, um, so keep the questions coming and, um, and I'm sure you guys have some deep, deep uh, leadership questions. Um, and so I'm really looking for, for some of those deep, deep, powerful um, leadership questions. So go right ahead, Sister Joyce, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I even got my book. Uh, dark side of leadership. So um, I'm ready for this.
1: Okay. And we do have serious questions, but there's two that I had to ask because I was wondering the same thing. Um, Well, I was wondering one, (laughs) the second one, not so much. But um, did you tell us why you were in the shower? Oh,
0: yes. Yes, that's a a great, um, because I'm being ceremonially clean with my hands. Uh, here is Peter who has to wash his hands to ceremonially eat the food. Um, and, and Jesus is saying, no, that's not the case. Now, I'm not, I know we're in a pandemic and we should be washing our hands. Um, so I do not want to say you should not be washing your hands. I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture saying that Jesus says you're, you're, you've missed the point here when it comes to the ceremonial laws. It's, it's not, don't worry about washing your hands and making sure you're, you know, you're eating the wrong, you know, the wrong thing. When I was in, um, when I was in Israel, uh, I had, I had a couple of friends who, um, were, uh, strict, uh, dietary laws and uh, I knew I couldn't touch their uh, pottery or their bowls. Um, and so, cause they would become unclean. And so I had to use paper plates. Um, so <laughs> I'm just letting you know, this is, this is, uh, the this is, this, this is still going on. This isn't like some new thing, like, Oh, it's, I mean, it's an old thing that that has happened. No, it's it's still happening. There's there's people who follow these dietary laws, um, uh, particularly you know very strict Jews, um, and so yeah, it, it, you touch anything, it just becomes unclean. So you have to wash it again and and get it be blessed uh, again. It's in it's in Leviticus. So, um, but yeah, there you go. That's that's kind of <laughs> so. Um, any other uh, questions about? this uh about peter and listening to the spirit
1: yes so um what can we do to keep an open perspective on different things
0: um we first we need to have a life of prayer um and allow and to hear the voice of god i think that's that's critical to um having open perspective and knowing that your perspective isn't, um, supreme. And that's the key thing. Uh, there are certain principles in the scriptures. Um, there are certain things in the scriptures that are just there. Um, there are it's black and white. There's, there's no arguing them. Um, but there's certain things that are just, you know, what? it's a culture. Um, you know, what style of music? Um, what do you wear when you preach or what do you wear to church? Um, You know, those are all cultural and we just have to give space to people. Um, You know, what your favorite sports teams or political party affiliations. I think those are all these cultural things that um, we get in trouble when we make them uh, part of this gospel uh, because they're not. They're absolutely not part of the gospel. Um, so I think I think being aware that um, that we're not the center of the universe. So having a um, the perspective of seeing others, I, I think that's, that's critical to be able to be in a place where someone can confront you and you don't you don't leave the church. That's very 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 important.
1: Yes. Um, who can we reach out to for help with checking our blind spots and make sure we don't let them control our ministry or our witness?
0: Ooh, that's fantastic. Um, whatever leaders you have in your life, um, people that uh, you, know, you feel that you feel some type of connection with. Yes, I think, I think talking to them and, um, and then you do the work too. I think, I think it's, 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 a, it's a two-way street. It's not just one person. Um, If you want to get incredibly honest and accurate answers, um, and if you want to get uh, clarity about what your blind spots is, uh, talk to your spouse um, about what your blind spots are. (laughs) Uh, Talk to your uh, siblings. Talk to your parents. Um, They all know what your blind spots are. Very clear. So... Um, well, we all have them and, and, you know, you can also pray God to, to reveal it. It's, you know, God, what is my blind spot? Um, and I told you guys a story of, um, there's a particular segment, um, an ethnic group in Iran that I have a deep prejudice against. Um, I did have a deep prejudice against, and I didn't know it until, um, I, I was confronted with it, um. And I had to be, you know, part of it is you have to be reflective. And I, you know, I was angry at this guy. And I was like, why am I angry at this guy? Like, what's wrong with me? Um, You know, sometimes it's just the guy's a jerk, but he wasn't being a jerk. I was just mad. And then reflecting like, oh, maybe there's something else going on. And there's always something else going on. When you have have very powerful emotions, um, there's always something going on. And, um, you know, I reflected and come to find out that I had this, Prejudice against this group that <laughs> all Iranians have prejudice against, and I thought I was above that, but here I am, you know, having to confront it. Um, I'm aware of it. I think that that's the powerful thing about it is that when you become aware of it, it it loses its power. But you know, you're aware of it and um, and make sure it's you know front and center.
1: Absolutely. Um, okay, so why do you suppose God chose Peter, who had messed up so many times, to preach on the day of Pentecost and to preach to Cornelius' household?
0: I think Peter is willing. Um, he's thick-headed. He still listens. Um, and, and he did. He, he listened. He had excellent leadership qualities. And here's the sad part, and this is my opinion. I want to make sure we, we, we preface this. This is my opinion. Um, here's the sad part is, God had bigger plans to start for Peter, and Peter did not fulfill those. Uh, I mean, he did some pretty amazing things, but God had even bigger plans. And because of Peter's blind spot, because he did not listen to the Spirit, he limited himself. And unfortunately, that's what some leaders do, is we limit ourselves and who we can talk to and who we can reach and what God can use us for and um i don't know what it is it's, it's sometimes our blind spots sometimes our fears but but well, we i mean when the spirit speaks to us clearly and again this isn't jumping off a bridge that's not god that's, <laughs> but i'm talking about you know those, those very clear god moments um and you know you read the book of acts and, and i know i get it i get luke in acts he's trying to paint a picture of you know paul is this you know there's the he's really the the true apostle, you know, like the twelfth apostle, not this other guy that they voted for by lot. Um, but, but, you know, you don't hear too much about Peter. Um, <laughs> he just kind of, I don't know, he just kind of disappears. He's, he just kind of get pulled away. I, mean, I don't know what happens. I don't know if he just, he gets sucked back in, and he just says, "I can't do it." And you know what? Unfortunately, as some of us, we, we look at God and say, "Not me," and we don't. And so, and it's sad. It's really sad. There's some people who have amazing potential, but they've chosen a road that doesn't include that. Wow. Right, that answers the question. So.
1: <laughs> no, I think so. I think you said a mouthful, actually. Um, So how can we create a church culture that recognizes that leaders are fallible? And so when they fail or stumble, like people actually do, we can help restore them rather than reject them. Um, Mm. We say that we know leaders are fallible and human, but when they act human, they're often rejected or worse. So That's a good
0: one. Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, my, that's an excellent question. And that's the problem we have we have elevated preachers and pastors to godlike level and that's scary um and they're not they are broken and human just like you and i they have more responsibility um but they're not special at all um and so i think part of it is is for us to um, you know really reflect and just think why, why why do we do that? Why do we elevate certain people? And, and we all do it. You know, we, 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 we strive towards leadership and and we do whatever leaders tells us. And, um, and it's funny because here is, you know, Israel and God is their King. They come out of the desert and he says, I'm your King. I'm your King. And they did not like that. They said, we want our own King. And, God speaks through the prophets and says that's a bad idea. You don't understand this is wherever the leader goes that's where you go. And unfortunately they wanted a physical thing to see. And I think that's part of the the challenge with us is that we we associate God with these with these men and women who um, you know who who lead us and um, and I think we we we've, we've elevated something that shouldn't have been elevated. And I've I've always I this before, but um, you know if we were to really look at a church structure, and if money was no object, um, I would build a pit, and the and the preach word would come out of the pit, and the church would sit around the pit, because that's that's how Jesus views leadership, is the bottom of the bottom. <laughs> but we meddled it. It's to the top, to the top. You know, it's like this, it's like, ooh, a preacher. Ooh, ooh, you know, they get their own parking spot. Ooh, you know, I joke around a lot about that. And uh, of course, I'm doing it intentionally because I'm trying to show you how ridiculous it is. Um, and you just have to be careful. I, I try to keep my mouth shut when I go to some of these churches the way they treat me because I, I just don't like it. I don't like the- <laughs> I don't like this. It's, oh, here comes, you know, they're, they're God's anointed. Well, you know what? We're all God's anointed uh not just a certain segment and so oh there you go you got mine i am uh i have no filters tonight i don't know what's wrong with me but i have no filters tonight sorry
1: well i was actually going to ask and especially if we apply this to us um to newark and shifting more to this team structure so it's not that hierarchy Then technically wouldn't that cut down on that
0: yeah you know so that does
1: Kind of, you know, looking up the ladder in a sense. Yeah,
0: that's you know? exactly. It, it, yes, you're right. You're right. The team the team model is is just phenomenal because um, y- you you are uh, you just don't elevate one person, and um, and you you know it's it's spread out, and you know yes, and people are going to fail. I mean, that's, that's just part of, of ministry, um, and and yes, we need to restore people, um, and and um, You know have that open mindset um i mean yes we depending on what we do can affect where we can lead um but no they're they're still part of the body they're uh they might be used in different aspects or different ways but i mean i I think about moral failure but but yeah you're right we um the team model is just phenomenal and and this is this is you know it's funny because i read this book it's called um overcoming the dark side of, of leadership. Let me just put it out here. It's, it's, sorry, I just didn't do a very good job, but overcoming the dark side of leadership. And it's, it's a great book because it, it talks about all these dark sides we have. Uh, and it's, and I'm reading its solutions and the solutions all are, you know, they're okay, but he doesn't go in there and talk about community, about doing leadership in community, which I think is, the way the scriptures teach it is, is you, you have to be in community. You have to be with other people um, to kind of keep you in check and, and um, you know, as you kind of work together and keep each other in check. And so, yes, you're right. The team structure is, is a, you know, it's not, it's not infallible. It, 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 you know, there are, there are um, weaknesses with it, but it's better than a single pastor model where uh, everything is just funneled to one person. Um, And if that one person fails, then you lose half the church. Um, So yes, you're right. I think the team, that you're right. The team model is uh, a very good response to that.
1: Do you think it might have been better for Paul and Cephas, um, I'm sorry, for Paul to take Cephas and Peter aside to correct them rather than doing it publicly?
0: No, Um, I think he, Paul did it publicly. Uh, Again, I I, I think Paul was very passionate. um, But doing it publicly was critical because there are these Christians, these Gentile Christians, who right now are scratching their heads saying, am I saved? See, see, that's the the problem, is that Peter elevated ceremonial cleansing and, and, and dietary laws to the level of salvation, which was never ever part of salvation, ever. You never heard Jesus at all talk about that. And it was all the schoolmaster pointing forward to him. And so, yes, when we start adding things and saying, if you don't do you know, X, Y, and Z and you're not saved, we better be able to back that up in the scriptures and not just say, well, this is my preference, but I'm gonna elevate it to the level of, of salvation. That's, that's incredibly dangerous. And it was so dangerous, it was so damaging that he had to publicly call him out in front of everybody. And, it, and what's fascinating is he took it. You know, he, he, took, he took the beating and he was right. Paul was right. He, he didn't disagree with Paul um, and, and thank God for Paul because the church continued to grow um, as Peter disappeared.
1: Okay, um, how can the church body help to better support the leadership team for success? Um, What is the role, per se, of the church body in helping the leadership of the church when they are in a blind spot?
0: Let them know. Um, Yeah, we should let them know. And um, of course, that's not an issue here in Newark, you guys. Everybody speaks their mind. No one dances around anything around here. <clears throat> Everybody, everybody's blunt. So um, that's, a, that's how they've been trained. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, call, I mean, they're part of the body. Uh, the pastors are part of the body. Um, now you might, you might be wrong. You might not understand what's all going on. And because again, yeah, we also have to be aware that um, what you see and the knowledge and information behind an in action. Are, are very different so you might know the entire story and you have more of the pieces than you see um and you can come to the wrong conclusion that's having from this, this is because you have incomplete inf- information and due to keeping people's privacy and confidentiality you know we can't go into the details of every single person and all our actions uh, that's the, that's a challenging part uh, of being a a pastor and, and pastoring people is that you have to you know all the pieces but you can't talk about all the pieces because um, none of their business you can't you can't give can't give that information so they they don't see it but yes i mean definitely definitely call them out um uh, you know if, if if there's something out yeah you should should probably mention that to them and say hey you know um why did you why did you act that way that that person or something like that and um, they might explain themselves and be like, oh, you know, it's, it's nothing or, or, you know, there's more to it than, than what you're seeing. Or they might take it and go, wow, they're, they're right. Maybe I am. Maybe I am taking something personally. Maybe there's something hitting in my blind spot. Um, and again, we are a very diverse church. We are an incredibly diverse church. And I'm not just talking about ethnically. I'm talking about politically, thinking-wise. We're all over the place. And I love that. I think that's biblical, um, but we all have blind spots too. And so and we're gonna rub on each other. So, you know, we just have to be open to that.
1: Okay, well, I believe this is the last question. So do you think the fact that Paul being called to take the gospel to the Gentiles while it seemed he was bent at times on taking it to the Jews had anything to do with Paul calling Peter out for his bias? I think that's part of it.
0: Um, yeah, I think, I think, Paul, uh, I think, I think, here's the sad thing. I, I I really do think God has bigger plans for us than we have for ourselves. We are so smi- small-minded in what we think we're capable of doing for God. Um, and unfortunately, we, we tend to limit God. And and that's what Paul, that's what Peter did. And I think Paul, I think, Paul, um, Paul was so wrong. Remember, he, he was a murderer. He killed Christians. I'm sorry, he killed, yeah, he killed Christians. Um, I mean, he was so wrong that when he understood the gospel and when he understood that he was actually killing God's people, uh, it was devastating. And it, it completely changed him. So he was very self-aware as a leader. And he understood he has these biases, this, these Jewish biases that he tends to go back um and so he's he sees what god is doing and he says this is where god wants to go guys like i i was killing these people and here i'm wrong you know of course he was killing the jewish Christians, but you know he 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 didn't limit god but in the end he also failed uh he (laughs) i was kind of sad isn't it but you know in the end he didn't listen to the spirit and he went back to jerusalem you know the spirit kept saying don't go back keep doing what you're doing and he just he just couldn't get away from it he went back and and then of course he got sent off to Rome and, and um, it's the last we heard of him. So, so yes, I, I, it, it, you're right. He, he was able to do more because um, he, <laughs> he tried not to, his, his cultural biases limit what God was doing. And, and we all have these cultural biases, these that we grow up with and again, They've come from different regions of the world, um, parts of different regions of this country and our family dynamics um, they all influence us and we have these, these biases that they do affect us and how we treat other people um, and how we're, certain, we're patient with certain people and we're not patient with certain people and um, and we, need, we all need to be aware of that and, and, and of course, I think the, the big story here is um, you know Peter, Peter should have should have known better he God spoke to him multiple times and uh, when those you know when those that segment from Jerusalem Church the Jerusalem church my goodness they were just they were always causing issue but anyway the Jerusalem church when they came and they saw all the success and God's doing all this great thing and of course you know they're all well they're not ceremonially clean and you know Peter should have spoken up and he, he had a great amount of influence uh, in the church. And he should have said, no, guys, this is, you know, this is, um, um, you guys are being ridiculous. We're not going to go ahead and make these people Jews. Uh, frankly, they don't need to be Jews, and the Jews don't need to be doing this. But because everybody wants to sleep better at night, you know, we'll, let, we'll keep, keep practicing these ceremonial laws, which, you know, are completely meaningless. Um, but if you want to read more about this, uh, Acts 15 uh, talks about this, and it's you know more cleaned up version. Luke does a better job of, you know, you know Paul comes and they have this big meeting and the spirit speaks and Paul says well, all these wonderful things are happening, these miracles. The spirit is obviously in it, and so they agreed that they're not going to go ahead and uh, James says, you know, I think, uh, you know, we should, from what I, from everything we hear, we should just you know, not put these kind of um, uh, restrictions on the Gentiles and um and he was right and he was absolutely right so um and, and so the personal story for all of us is um you know what is god speaking to us and what is god calling us to do and how are we restricting that um is there a segment of the population that bothers you you know is there a certain age group that bothers you um, we'll go there how about that one so <laughs> i can't stand children so i mean you know there, there, there are certain there are certain groups that you know, really irk us, and and you know, these are these are areas that sometimes maybe God wants to do, you know, greater things, and, and we just have to be, you know, we have to be sensitive, and and um, you know, if we're completely obedient to, to the voice of God, it's amazing where where He'll take us, and uh, and I think Paul and Peter are just excellent examples of uh, what happens when we don't, when we do, and then we falter, and um, but yes.
1: Well, it looks like the question. So I think we have that's hit all the questions. Too.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. That's okay. That's okay. So this is great. Um, so side of leadership. Uh, I do want to remind us to um, please uh, connect with us, uh, like us, share us uh, uh, with your friends, um, uh, partner with us in giving. Uh, newarkupc.info. uh We're going to continue this this discussion of valuable leaders because leaders are fallible, um, they're human. Um, and so we'll continue this discussion uh, this week. And um, I hope you guys stay tuned uh, tomorrow as we, we start all over again. And, um, and hopefully um, you guys are staying connected with us. But um, I guess I'll have to say, so we'll head on out now. All right, you guys have a good night, stay safe.